everybody welcome back to pagan switchy corner my name is pagan and i am joined by a really awesome author jenny tyson who wrote two really great books really really great books guys these are the art of scrying and dousing and the art of channeling i have devoured both of these books i love them both they had so much amazing knowledge and so much great useful information in them um some of which i have actually put into my own practice for our seance saturday so if you've ever attended any of those some of those techniques have come from these books so jenny welcome to the show well thank you thank you for having me i'm so glad that you are here i'm so glad we finally got to connect and i'm also glad that you were able to survive fiona some of these hurricanes this year have been pretty wild yeah we get it came in at kind of a weird in a weird way, Cape Breton usually doesn't get a direct hit from hurricanes. We usually get stuff that comes over from uh, the mainland. Mm -hmm. um, and this hurricane almost went from like east to west oh, instead wow. of going at kind of a northeasterly or northwesterly direction, which is what most of them do when they come through here. And uh, so we got hit hard. Um, it was a mess, <laughs> but we've pretty much got it cleaned up. Well, I'm so. glad that everything is okay. I'm glad that you guys are okay. And hopefully it, that will be the last one that you guys see for a very, very long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with your uh, first book that I have, which is The Art of Scrying and Dousing. Where did this book kind of come from? How did you decide? Did, what kind of was your thought process that I'm going to sit down and write this book? Well, um, I, after spiritual alchemy, I didn't know if I was ever going to write another book again. Uh, I, I just, I, I had to get a handle on the new things that were happening to me, the new abilities that I had. Mm -hmm. And, and that was kind of, that kind of took priority. But in the process of learning how to do that, I also learned a great deal about scrying and about channeling that. I'd never seen before and you know I was able to I, I was sort of like putting things together in odd ways and and it as that as those oddities kind of came together it developed I developed into an it developed into a new system of scrying mm -hmm. and and I started experimenting with teaching others just grabbing people you know a person here, a person there. Hey, you got five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and finding out that it was fairly, it, that the information, what, you know, could be transmitted to another person um, fairly easily. And I could get people to actually do scrying within, you know, a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's how, that's how, but the whole thing was, the whole thing, the scrying and channeling was at one time, initially, the whole, both of those books were one manuscript and a manuscript was much bigger than those than the two books actually are. The manuscript was over 600 pages long. Oh my goodness. And that 600 pages was written in the period of about three months. So the book kind of dropped on my head and I had to write it out. I just had to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and so, I mean, it was through the editing process that I ended up splitting the two books. Right. And just to help the focus and just because there's so much information and I didn't know what to, you know, I didn't exactly know what to do with everything that was coming at me. Mm -hmm. So the book kind of, it was more of a, something that, ha that it was, it was a compilation of experiences, but 
the inspiration just hit me at all all at one time and and the fingers were flying (laughs) (laughs) i mean when when the writing gods tell you to write you better write (laughs) don't have any choice it just sort of it's gonna come whether you want it or not i mean it you know it's just (laughs) one of those things that is very very true and as somebody who has read both books i am very glad that you actually broke them up because there's so much information jam-packed into both of those books and they're not very large books but i would say that if you had kept them as one you you probably would have overloaded some brains out there so it's probably a good idea that you broke them up Uh, even even as they (laughs) even even as they are i i still find that people a lot of people have trouble with the with the density of the information. Yeah. And I need to kind of spread. I think next time I write something, it's going to be spread out a little bit better. Um, as far as the information density is concerned, I just don't like to put a lot of crap in there. I mean, it's just like I but 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 you have to put in um, examples mm-hmm. and, and go over things a little bit more carefully. Otherwise, you know, it's just a, it's information overload. Yeah, definitely. So and, it, you know, sometimes having that filler is, you know, as I call it, is a lot easier for people to kind of get that, you know, nice download of information from the books. There is a lot in there, but it is all very valuable information. And if you are somebody who is even remotely interested in scrying or even just really wants to know what it is and kind of how it works, these books are the books you want to pick up. So here's my shameless prompt. Everybody go buy a copy. Uh, go you know, check out a copy from your local library. If they don't have it, please request a copy. Your libraries will buy a copy for their own uh, stuff. Always support your local libraries, everybody. It's a good thing. Trust me. So anyway, moving on. Um, so you founded a whole brand new version of scrying. Can you kind of break that down just very briefly um, for everybody and kind of how it differs from traditional scrying? Okay. Well, the I I the information that I got the the, the method I got actually stems from what I was reading uh, um, from Nostradamus and. I believe, I, I don't know for sure, because Nostradamus is very brief about how he did his scrying sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a professional. He didn't have time to spend hours and hours with that basin up in his attic or a closet or whatever he whatever he did. Um, the, the idea of it is is what I call is is what I call flash scrying. It's 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 a fast, it's a fast method where um you you perceive something and write it down mm-hmm. and 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 the writing it down and in writing it down ideally it should be a sketch yes um sketching that's one of the things that is very very important like um if you're if you're doing if you're doing traditional scrying you're sitting there and you're 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 kind of going into a trance and waiting for like um objects moving waiting to see objects moving in the uh, in the speculum or the crystal ball or basin of water which is what i prefer to use mm-hmm. um you're 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 watching for that vision to come now that was the original method that i was taught and that's the method that edward kelly used because you if you read in his diaries with john d you'd sit he would sit there sometimes for hours um before something would happen so he was gazing into that speculum intently and sitting very still and paying very close attention. Um, 
waiting for something to appear. That's that's like that's the normal like scrying which are what, what most people are taught. Mm -hmm. That's 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 the what I call the stare and prayer. It's like you're you're going into your your kind of an altered state and you have the speculum in front of you and you're trying to induce just like a like a sequential vision um, in that. Now with with my method, I find that it works better if you instead of waiting for a vision, you have you're like stirring now. Nostradamus describes stirring the water. So you're kind of I like to kind of stir it up. And then I glance at it, and the first thing that comes to mind are going to be shapes and movement. Um, colors will come next. So you say shapes, first thing you see is a shape. You write that shape, that you sketch that shape out, and then you add shapes to it. So I like to have the original shape and then work around it. And then you eventually you develop something of a picture, kind of a crude picture as to what's going on. And then you interpret it. You write down everything that you feel and you don't judge it. You go quick. You have to go bam, bam, mm -hmm. bam. Okay, so like if your color, green, blue, yellow, I see something moving. It looks liquid, liquid. You know, you just keep going like that. Um, and and you need to work very, very quickly um, with this. My sessions, I, I rarely go over, I rarely go over 30 minutes per session. Mm -hmm. I might have multiple sessions. But each session goes very, very quickly because after 30 minutes, my brain starts to like lose the focus and, and I'm not any good. In, I'm not any good. It's just yeah. you get a lot of junk after that. The best impressions are usually within the first two minutes of the of the session. The first two to five minutes are my best is where the best work is for me most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing that that another difference um, that I have with my type of scrying is that I, I, I tell the beginner to describe um, what are called like location, um, event type targets. And this is the same kind of target that's used in <clears throat> controlled remote viewing. Right. Um, that's a, it's a physical location like the Eiffel Tower or I, I picked up the Newfoundland Ferry, mm -hmm. um, I believe was one of the examples in that book. And the Newfoundland Ferry is just like, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, boat dock where they take uh, trucks, uh, cars, and people from uh, uh, Cape Breton to, uh, to uh, St. John or um, what's, what's left of Porta Bosque. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that's a really, um, it, when I was reading, especially the channeling book, it was one of those things that knowing what I know about remote viewing, there were so many correlations to it. And I was like, okay, well, we've done some of these practices before. And the interesting thing is before I had read that book, I was like, wow, a lot of these practices I've done, but I didn't realize I was doing similar to your method, even though I read the scrying book, I just never put two and two together until I read the channeling book. And I was like, oh, so that's what I've been doing. No wonder it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I take, I mean, I do take, I do take some of the principal concepts from CRV, control remote viewing. And, and, and it certainly had a lot of influence on the system because that's the, that's really the first psychic system that I learned. Right. Uh, once I developed uh, clairaudience and clairvoyance, I mean, this kind of happened precipitously with me and, and I was middle-aged when this happened. I wasn't, I'm, I was not born with this, with clairaudience. Mm -hmm. This developed, this developed in my, um, in my forties. So it was a little bit tricky to, tricky to try and cope with because I thought it was going nuts. 
I mean, I think that's how everybody feels when their, you know, gifts of uh, psychic uh, abilities start to really open up. They kind of feel like, oh, I'm nuts. That's that's what's wrong with me. I'm just crazy. It's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm crazy. It's cool. Um, but it's very interesting, though, especially with anybody who may be kind of on the fence and you may be going, well, I don't know if I really trust this. I don't know how I feel about all this. Uh if you're interested in remote viewing, especially um, in terms of like channeling, scrying and all of that, remote viewing was actually done by the U.S. government. Yes. You can actually and go and learn all about it. You can read it. Just I search. I think it's the CIA documents on remote viewing. It's actually a very interesting thing. It was done way back. I want to say in like. It was the 1970s. Yeah, I was going to say the 70s. I was about to say late 60s, yeah. early 70s. There are two groups um, just kind of going briefly to the history of it. Um, I. I was taught that's the first thing I was that's what I learned mm -hmm. um so so like I said it does have a lot of influence on the system but the system that I was taught a seven step um a seven step system um very cumbersome kind of slow kind of difficult not very intuitive not doesn't flow well and it uses a lot of jargon tech um techno jargon yeah it does and I don't like I don't like techno jargon I I like I like things to be plain and simple and my husband when he's editing likes it even more because <laughs> <laughs> then he's probably not having to look up all the words and go i don't know what this means what are you talking about here um yeah no the, the techno jargon with remote viewing is definitely something that is makes it very difficult for a novice to understand so yeah. if you're you know you want to hear that uh, learn the history about it yeah it's very interesting bring a dictionary though <laughs> because it's yeah. going to be one of those things where you're going to be looking up a lot of the jargon trying to understand it uh but, but this book definitely helps break down away from the jargon and makes it a lot simpler and a lot easier for anybody to really step into but the idea also is like you know i'm going to take some of the things that i learned from crv and i'm going to apply it to the ancient art of scrying yes and and I'm going to take some of the things that that they learned in SRI with the remote with the with the studies the psychic studies especially those done with Ingo Swan and and I'm going to like the like the sketching that comes from that's influenced by Ingo Swan he felt that sketching was always a more accurate way well I tested that out I agree with him mm -hmm. um, but the and the problem with CRV is that it's going it's all verbal and 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 it was like okay Ingo Swan didn't teach that's not how he taught you taught people how to work and everybody ignored it so they kind of you know cherry picked what he said and some of the things that he said he you know you should have taken seriously <laughs> yes and when so, it comes to sketching as well it, it's sketching versus um automatic writing automatic writing is one of those things but i you know as i'm trying to do the automatic writing my brain is trying to slow down to try to get spelling correctly which is not mm -hmm. something you're supposed to do you're supposed to just let your hand flow and go all that stuff my analytical brain cannot do that. It, it's like, stop, you misspelled that word, fix it. And it tries to slow me down, which takes me out of the trance and all this. So I really like what you said about sketching because I had never thought about doing automatic sketching. And yeah. so I was like, oh, well, that wouldn't have any of the word issues. You wouldn't have to worry about perfectionism. You wouldn't have to worry about this because you're just free sketching. And so you also don't have to be a really great artist to do automatic sketching just for the record. Stick figures work just fine, as you say in your book. <laughs> yes. I I leave the stick figures in the book intentionally. Now I am an artist. I and in fact I've got I've got 26 or so um uh paintings and sketches published. Mm 
mm-hmm. uh, in various places. And so I can I can do the artwork, but I, I don't do my artwork when I'm doing remote, when I'm doing like channeling or anything else like that, the automatic sketching, anything, it's all stick figures. Right. And I, I left the stick figures in the book and it looks kind of crude. <laughs> it doesn't look as professional as some books do, but I want people to see, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's really kind of all over the place and yeah. it's not really all that well done. So I don't feel want people to feel like, oh, I've got to be the super artist to have everything just perfect. It's not, it doesn't work like that. You go fast, you go fast. And sometimes when you get rolling, it's hard to keep up with everything. Yes. So your sketches are very crude. Very, very <laughs> understandable with that. Uh, so kind of segueing into the art of channeling, which we've kind of been doing anyway, but uh, obviously the, it was the second half of the first book, but um, did you make, when you trying to think of how I want to phrase this question. When you wrote um, The Art of Scrying and Dowsing versus The Art of Channeling, did you keep them all and just be like, I'm going to split my manuscript in half versus kind of the subject load? Or did you um, write them at separate times Um, when you basically started putting them and being like, oh, I need to put this into two books and you kind of started working out how you wanted to do that? Um, Was there a break between the two? No. It was just like, it was like I slammed from one into the other and editing, all the editing for the art of channeling was, was really tough to do because I had to make it a standalone book. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, this was more of a, you know, more for publishing and because editor upstairs said that it had to be done this way, (laughs) (laughs) but, but you know what? He's always right. Mm -hmm. He really is. (laughs) I mean, the, the the spouses often are. They usually know us better than we know ourselves some days. <laughs> yes. So anyways, I had to make it a standalone, but I didn't want it to be too repetitive to the other book. Right. And so, I mean, I had to take this. Man- and the manuscript was originally a lot more complex. The system was originally a lot more complex than what you see in that book. That's been simplified quite a bit. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Because I had, I, I had this thing going double blind initially. Um, which means that, you know, you have to set it up and have someone else scramble it around and number it and then, and then do the same thing with whoever you're talking to. So you had, you had to draw both the entity and the, and the, um, and the question out of a grab bag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was like, no, this doesn't work very well. (laughs) It was too complex. So I was able to, I was finally able to get it to work um, without like trying to force blind everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I realized, started to realize, hey, maybe I'm overemphasizing the blind target thing because that came from, that came from remote viewing. Right. um, Yeah. And that came also from, you know, because, because you you have to have that, get away from that, um, that, you know, belief and expectation bias it's otherwise it's really gonna it's really it's really tough to get a pure a really pure and good channel if you if you can't get out of that out of that mode yes so how much does you know the question became how much does it really take to get out of that mode where you're going into belief and expectation bias and i found that that you can you can know who you're talking to and 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 then have like a and then choose from like four questions for as long as the questions are super, as long as the questions are very different. And as long as at least one of them has 
information that can that you can go back and check and see if it's real. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that that kind of reality check, if as long as the potential for a reality check exists within the target pool, then um, you, you tend to you tend to to hold on to the better to the channel rather than going with what you believe or expect the entity to say. Right. That is very true. Very, so, very true. The, the system, I was then able to kind of simplify things quite a bit. And that's how we ended up with, with, what, um, with what you saw. The focus is on, you know, again, if the focus is on sketching, just the sketching alone um, tends to make things more accurate. I would say yeah. that's very true. I, after, you know, playing with it a little bit and trying it versus the automatic writing um, and even having a, you know, kind of partner take notes and all of that. I would say that it's definitely some something that makes it a lot easier because sometimes it's also very hard if you're doing it um, with like a group or a partner who's asking the questions, who's, you know, taking the notes and all that. Sometimes it goes too fast and they can't keep up. Other times it makes it to where it's very hard for you to verbally convey what you're seeing because it might be so elaborate. It In some of my instances, it I have seen very elaborate kind of visions where I'm like, oh, how do I convey this into words? Yeah. And it's yeah. it's very difficult in that regard. So having it, you know, if you take the time and actually sketch it out, um, even just the generalized ideas of it, it makes it a lot easier to be like, oh, yeah, there was this over here and this is what I was seeing over here and that's what this was. And, you know, then you can start to interpret it from there, which makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And we did. Um, can I tell you a story? Yes, of course. <laughs> Well, uh, I, you, you, you saw the high ET part of it, the CE5, yeah. uh, uh, human initiated ET contact. Yes. <laughs> that is, that is, that's, that's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I, that's, 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 that's a really big area of interest for me. Um, the, um, but the, um, when I, when I, uh, when I did it, the experiment, I experimented with the system before I actually finally sent it in. I wanted to see if it would work in a, how it would work in a group setting. Yeah. And this was before the art of channeling was published. Right. So I, we had a group of people who we have a group of people who were interested in human initiated uh, contact. It's locals in Nova Scotia. And, and so we decided they, they wanted me to come over and show them how to do this. And I told them about what I was doing. So they wanted to come over and they wanted me to come over and say, okay, let's try it and see what we come up with. So I did, um, I did uh, the, about that time that um, the Rogan interview came out with uh, Bob Lazar. Mm-hmm. So I decided to try, I decided to try a couple of those targets as, as part of the target pool. I wanted to find out if some of this was true. Right. And, and so that's uh and we were we were inter- we didn't know who we were interviewing. We wanted we just left it to a non-specific ET that was involved, whose craft was involved with that you know with that experimentation or who had invented Element One Fifteen Muscovium. And uh, oh, the, the the information that we came up with was really something else. It was just crazy. Um, the the it came out it came out the element it came out to the element, but I mean. Everyone was like it, 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 the the shape of it and the color of it exactly matched what uh, Lazar had said in oh, the that's session. Wild! I love that. I'm. It was like 
it was like when we sit there and play played the recording and looked at our sketches it was like oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) those are always so much fun i and you know that that's kind of one of the best things about what we when we were doing our seance Saturdays, one of the things that we do is we just kind of go into it with our little group, except we were doing it virtually. It was all online. Yeah. And um, so sometimes we would do like spirit board. Other times we would do um, like spirit box. Uh, Sometimes we do channeling. Uh, We have done everything from Estes method to uh, dream machine and all sorts of fun, different things. And, so it's a really kind of fun thing that that's probably my favorite part of any sort of spirit communication or any form of channeling that we've ever done um, is the go in and see who you talk to and see what you come out with on the other side. Yes. <laughs> I, I love yes. the experimentation of it. It's always so much fun. Um, yes. It makes me very excited to just kind of go into it. And you really never know what you're going to end up with. It, it's always a mystery by the end of it because you're like, I have no idea who we were actually talking to. And then you review all your evidence and it's like, oh, well, that's very interesting. I guess we did hit our target. It doesn't feel like it in the moment until you're done and you look at everything. Yeah, it doesn't. Isn't that strange, though? It doesn't really feel, I always feel like, like, I mean, the intensity can vary because sometimes it can get intense, Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't always have to um, get intense. Like we did a, we did an outdoor session one time and the next morning uh, we were camping next morning. It was a group of five, five of us. We go out the next morning and there's a silver disc hanging over the camp. Like just in broad daylight, like a silver disc. Like, are we talking like UFO or like CD? Oh, wow. No, it was was a UFO. It was solid. It was a solid silver craft hanging. And it wasn't, I mean, it was like, it was above the trees. It was, it was, it was a safe distance away. It wasn't so close that we were like, oh my gosh, are we going to get, are they going to, are they going to take us on board? (laughs) (laughs) Sort of thing. Um, But it was, it, it, it was, I'd never seen one that close in the daylight and there was no feature. You couldn't see any features. I was beautiful. It was a really smooth, really beautiful um, craft. And the way that it moved was bizarre. Uh, it didn't, it wobbled in the air. And oh, then it just, and like when it moved forward, it didn't just move forward. It like hopped, it like disappeared and reappeared. Boom. And, and did so sequentially. Huh. It had That's a very interesting. Yeah. And, and we, we didn't, it, we were all sitting there with our mouths hanging open and not a photograph did we get, <laughs> not a single one. I was like, I was like, I did not want to take my eyes off of it. You know, it, it's so funny because, you know, a lot of times when people are like, oh, I saw a ghost or I saw, you know, and it's like, well, why didn't you get it on camera? Because half the time you're too astonished at what you're seeing to actually remember, oh, grab the phone and hit record. <laughs> Some people are very <laughs> adaptive, just to automatically do that. Other people yeah you just kind of like wow that's a thing look what i look at that and you're trying to figure it out and you don't remember that you even own a phone half the time so <laughs> <laughs> well we were i mean it was this first thing in the morning i hadn't even had my first cup of coffee oh yet, yeah then know? even I mean, then you oh, wouldn't remember <laughs> no the brain the brain was only half functioning at this point in time <laughs> 
<laughs> I completely understand that. My brain doesn't function without that first cup of coffee either. So mm. uh, that is super, super cool. If it ever happens again, I'd love to absolutely hear about it because I am, I'm a sucker for learning about all that kind of stuff. So I think that's a really neat experience. Uh, now, do you have any classes, workshops, anything that's, you know, kind of up in the area or that you've got planned out in the future that people can sign up for, or do you have any future books planned? Even though um, this, these well, two were be, pretty elaborate. There, <laughs> yeah. there will be, there will probably be some, there will probably be a book in the future. Um, I'm, I'm working along the lines of, of healing and, mm -hmm. and I, I, um, I recently, I was, I was doing some studies, you know, so I'm, I'm doing some studies leading up to this. And, and, and again, we're going to go back to my, to my space alien friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but you know, the, the, the vast bulk of physical um, trace evidence left by extraterrestrials on earth that, that interact with people on earth is healing. And I have, yes. I have probably close to at this point, it's, these are in the form of books, 2,500 pages that record um, ET healings. Preston Dennett alone has almost 400 cases in one book. Oh, wow. And, it's, and, I, and I, pick up, I pick up maybe one or two cases a week just here and there. And they're not only leaving like healed humans on the earth. They're, they're also leaving some of their technology. For example, they gave somebody, they used a, a, like a, some sort of salve uh, as part of their re, uh, organ regeneration. Mm -hmm. um, and they gave um, the person, the patient, they gave them two vials of the salve that was used for the hospital to analyze. Oh, that's interesting. So it wasn't, I mean, it's not they're not leaving craft technology intentionally, although I, although I do believe that probably some craft have crashed here. Yes. Um, but they are leaving, they're leaving uh, healing technology, their health technology. Uh, I think, I think some of those implants that have been recovered are probably, are probably intentionally left there so that humans could look at them so they could be analyzed by expert witnesses. And this isn't just happening in small numbers. This is happening quite extensively and worldwide mm -hmm. so it to me this is a communication attempt i mean what are they communicating here they they they're interested in they're interested in healthcare. they're interested in health healing um so they are there that's where they're sharing that's where they're initiating contact they're not doing it about craft or about um social structure or anything else it's about healing and and i think and I think for us, you know, our starting, if we, if we follow that lead, we mm -hmm. need to, we need to start looking at alternatives and healing because, and that's, that's what I'm interested in for my next book, because I think we've kind of maxed out. I think we're kind of peaking out with the uh, pharmacology, even the herbal pharmacology. I think um, so too. I think that it, we, we have so many new diseases and bacteria and viruses that are getting so smart that, you know, if you want to look at it in terms of intelligence, um, you know, and there's probably some folks out there that are like, bacteria can't be smart. Bacteria is very intelligent. Um, and many scientists will tell you this. And so it's one of those things that I think that because it's so rapidly changing, not only that you mix in climate change and all the other things, we're going to start seeing whole brand new issues of healthcare that we yeah. don't have answers for yet. 
And yeah. I think that exploring new options is definitely something that we have to do, especially yes. for survival of humanity. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think that, I think that, I think that doing that and, and the way that their technology works, their, their technology works on psycho-spiritual principles and, and, and psycho-spiritual uh, skills. That's why they're trying to tell us to meditate because learning how to do that depends on us developing that way. We have to develop that yes. way in order to use their tools, their technology, their techniques. Well, and our science has even proven that how meditation can actually heal the body and the different frequencies in meditation, especially if you reach the different waves within the body and all that, and it can promote different forms of healing. We have tons of healing modalities that access that already, but I think that definitely tapping into whatever consciousness is out there as well. And, and I say consciousness very elusively because, you know, when it comes to alien craft, spirit craft, whatever you want to call it, there's so many different things out there that we as humans will never understand. So having those different modalities and understanding how they work on an earthly basis and then being able to tap into something that is unknown is extremely fascinating. Yes. And, and I think the channeling, especially the channeling, um, that the information in the scrying and channeling book will help us access that. Yes. Because it allows us to bypass some of that conscious mind analytical yuckiness uh, difficulty um, that we have and allows us to get into that information without really going into an altered state. Now, that's just at a beginner level. If you go into a more advanced level where you're going into a deeper, um, deeper state and you're still trying to exclude that, you're going to get some really interesting information. You have to go deeper in, start working with the trance, but also working with the exclusion factor too. And if you do that and, you know, continue to follow those principles, but going into a deeper mental state, going into astral projection even, um, then you're going to really get some information that's really amazing. Yes, absolutely. That sounds like it's going to be an incredible book whenever you get it written. I am yeah, very I <laughs> I'm excited to read it whenever it gets there. Um, and I'm doing, um, I'm also, I'm, 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 and this is just at the beginning stage right now. I am looking to access, do more access with technologies. I've been very reluctant to do this up to this point. I like to teach face to face, but I'm also, a lot of people I think are missing out because I mean, who is, I, I live in a very inaccessible place. <laughs> I understand. I, it takes me, it takes me, um, it takes me about five hours to drive to the nearest airport. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's not, I mean, there's no traffic up here. I, I get grumpy for four cars that I have to wait four cars before pulling out into the road. <laughs> They're like, where are all these people coming from? <laughs> I, you know, there's no traffic. I mean, we, we go cycling. Sometimes we don't see any cars at all oh, wow. in our cycling. None. That's wild. So, I live in so a big city, have, so. <laughs> well, I went to, I went, I was in Indianapolis and I hadn't seen traffic in three years. And I, I mean, I, the air was horrible. I couldn't hardly mm -hmm. breathe. Um, and and it and the noise was just it 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 was deafening. It was constant. Yes, I was I was a mess the first until I kind of, I kind of get adjusted to it after a while. But when I first got over there, got down there, it was like oh, I can't I I can't do this. I can't stay here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
and you know if you get out in a quiet place in the woods and you know it'll feel good <laughs> i don't know it's very very true i i'm lucky to live in the middle of a big city but i also live on a farm so i get a little quiet except when the yes. animals decide to get a little rambunctious i, I have oh. a lot of woodland creatures that get very loud some days um, yes. we had a pack of coyotes literally on the other side of our fence the other night and they oh. were all just screaming and howling oh. and yipping and i'm like telling my small little chihuahua and i'm like honey you gotta come in the house they will eat you they will eat you come in <laughs> the house the and the chihuahua's gonna chew them up and spit them out <laughs> <laughs> well she was actually kind of looking at me like mom uh, are we good i'm like just come in the house come in the house it's fine <laughs> uh, but yeah i think that that's very um if you ever do teach classes on remotely it's actually not terrible especially if you use products like zoom um zoom you can have like 100 people in a class or something oh, like wow. that yeah it's actually really nice uh it it takes a minute to learn but once you get there you're not bad it's not bad at all it took it, zoom had a little bit of a learn, learning curve for me but once i got there i was actually really comfortable with it and i'm very thankful for zoom now um in this crazy crazy world and you know the cool thing about it too is when you teach remotely um people who um are chronically ill and can't travel and stuff like that uh they have access to your classes that way too yeah yeah so that's that's going to be um that's that's going to be that's going to be a, a work in the future um mm -hmm. in the near future i'm working on that now um and i'll be um i'll be providing uh um uh through the through the publisher um through mark um uh links uh to that when as uh, oh, as nice. things as things develop so people will have access to it um and see what else is going on. Um, I think that's I think that's pretty much um, what I'm gonna where I'm at right now. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I retired next year. Uh, 2023 is my last full year um, in the health profession, and I'm going to attempt once again to retire. I've tried this before, <laughs> and I couldn't stay away. Well, I mean, I I understand that. Um, so oh, this is from my day job. This is like I'm a nurse. So oh, I mean, yeah, this is bless from, you for just yeah. being a nurse in this crazy world right now. Wow, thank you. It's almost like serving in the military some days for a lot of nurses. So um, thank you for serving the community because I know it's very hard, especially with all the COVID stuff that's happened. So yeah it's uh, it's been challenging sometimes i mm -hmm. you know we've had we've had some problem we, we were late in getting any kind of COVID because we're like a remote area right. so it doesn't didn't really come up here until like almost a fourth wave we didn't until omnicron came out we didn't have any what it, wow. yeah well yeah we didn't have very much up here at all until then and i i think we fared really well with it i mean we had a chance to get the vaccine out before everybody everybody started getting sick that's a really good thing though i mean yeah. it's kind of crazy to think about like you know you guys didn't see anything till almost omicron hit and then it's like whoa whereas you know like well, two months after remember, I'm an, US, we we're, were on an island we're on an yeah. island here so and and nobody i mean like when they shut things down nobody's going to come up to the parks up, the only reason to come up here is for the parks and the Kayleys, which are like music concerts that we have right uh so if they're shut down, if those two things are shut down, nobody, Cape Breton's not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
you know, either way, I'm glad that you guys were lucky in that regard. So uh, that's a really cool thing. And I hope that, you know, in the coming year, when you get to retire, you'll have a lot more free time to well, write the books and chase the universe. Be, <laughs> I will attempt. Now, now if, if you were with my coworkers, they would say, don't listen to her because she's, she's not going to do it. <laughs> Because I tried to a couple of times and it didn't, I lasted about a month. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I completely understand that. But, you know, whenever you get there, at least you'll have lots of time to chase the universe and all that fun stuff. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Definitely going to be doing some of that. Well, Jenny, this has been absolutely wonderful. I'm so glad that you got to join me on the show. Uh, everyone who has listened to this and hopefully you enjoyed this wonderful conversation that we had, please go check out all of Jenny's works. And if you can pick up a copy, if not, please check one out from your local library. It is something that I highly, highly recommend. You guys will learn so much great and valuable information from her books and everybody out there, stay safe, take care of yourselves, and I'll see y'all next time. Bye everybody.